body, spirit. The martial arts are a way of life. Attack Life, Not Others is an insight into that life with Tim Hoover and Steve Mittman. We've got two guests in studio with us today. These two guests are recently brand new authors. Their book is called The Takeover. Welcome to the studio, Brad Moderich and George Gafalis, GK. Welcome, guys. Thank you. What's up? Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. First of all, gentlemen, your book I'm impressed with, The Takeover is very similar and comparable to Attack Life, Not Others. I open up the book... And the very first thing I see here is life is a series of choices, and those choices create the life that we live. Yeah, yeah. This is so much fun because you give me a call and say, hey, we got these guys coming in. I never met them before. I don't have time to do the research. And um, the next thing you know, we're sitting here. They come in, I shake their hands, and it's just full of, of their passion for what they want to do. Their physical being is present. Uh, they're both in great shape. Um, Their eyes are wide open, and they're just ready to take on the next task of what the next moment is going to be. Listening to your stories for just a few seconds here inspired me Mm. and inspires me to continue to do what I do because we all are here for a purpose, you know, and that's the coolest thing in the world. So Very cool. Yeah. So it's interesting you say that because, you know, I'm just going to pull from your book here. Might as well. I mean, your book is packed full of all kinds of good, as you say, golden nuggets. Yeah, sure. I like that. And you know what else? What other term they coined? Now listen, I mean, it could be a semantics <clears throat> thing, whatever you want to call it. But if that's what triggers you and makes you do what you got to do, then so be it. But I love your term success files. Mm-hmm. Success files. You want to start with that? Tell us what that is. Yeah, that I got to give that one to GK. He coined that. You get to a point in life where things can go south, which means maybe you go through a divorce or maybe uh, you lose your business, lose your house, your car, your money. But there's one thing that can't be taken away from you, and that's the success files. That's the things that you've picked up along the way in self-development and growing as a person. And there's something you just can't take away. So we're giving people the success files. We want to give them the tools. So maybe they're physically or not mentally ready to utilize them, but they're in there and they can pull them out whenever they want. I think timing is really important in life too. Brad and I have been friends for probably 15 years, but the universe didn't have it ready for us to write a book 15 years ago. And I would never imagine that him and I would have wrote a book 15 years ago. But through time, uh, the universe shifts and people are in your life, I think, for a reason. And uh, you can't deny those files. In your book, you say what we often say, a reason, a season, and a yep, lifetime. We yep. We're all about that too. Absolutely. And then, uh, Tim, you started off by saying how, you know, you sensed their presence right off the bat. They come in, they're confident, and, you know, their posture. And that's in their book. It says if you have confidence in your presence and posture, that tells the world you're somebody, well, I knew not I was just, nobody. Yeah, I knew I was just sitting down with people that are ready to go. You know, they're not here just stumbling around getting in the way of themselves and other people. They're here to push forward and make a difference. Um, you guys were all talking about your phrase, different things that inspire you. Mine would be, we talked about this in class today. It's not your aptitude, but your attitude that terms your altitude, mm-hmm. which is my favorite because it's your attitude. And you guys came in with a great attitude and that's what it's all about. You had mentioned earlier about your life, your background, yeah, which I found to be extremely interesting because when you fall in that hole and it's deep and it's tough to get out sometimes. And I think sometimes we have seconds of it and sometimes we have months and sometimes years of staying in that hole Mm -hmm. and you need a good friend or a great faith or somebody to pull you out it's hard to do it yourself it is and usually when you get into that hole it's because something traumatic happened and it's at that point when you're at rock bottom whether you have divine intervention or there's something that's going to help pull you out like i was at rock bottom i mean i was sitting in a jail cell looking at a four-year prison sentence thinking, 
how the heck did I get here? And, you know, when you kind of rewind the tape and you look at how I got there, it was inevitable that I was going to be in prison. It was inevitable that I was going to get locked up because that was the path that I was leading. And just like the success files, you know, success and failure always leaves a trail. And I was a successful bad guy, if that makes sense. Like I was good at what I did. And to me, Going to prison and being at that rock bottom was a part of like somebody in the military getting their military stripes. Like it was inevitable. I often joke about, remember the movie Goodfellas? Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, one of my favorite. Uh, Ray Liotta. He's a young Ray Liotta. He gets arrested for the cigarettes and, you know, he's like, oh my God, I got arrested. Right. And he comes walking out of the jail cell and he's greeted with, you know, the gangsters and they're like, hey, you broke your cherry. Exactly. And like in my mind, this was all part of the process because that's what I wanted the persona to be. I wanted to be that bad guy until... I got punched in the face. Well, let me ask you a question. If you could just do me a favor. I have a lot of kids that listen to the podcast. A lot of kids I know Mm -hmm. and a lot of kids I don't know. A lot of juveniles, a lot of teenagers. And when you say, you know, you did your prison time, I think it would be helpful for them because I can see they're going down the wrong path. But when they look in the mirror, they see a different face. Mm -hmm. They see that, you know, hey, it's all good. It's all cool. Just back up a little bit and tell the story as to how you got there. Because when you told me the story as how you got there, you kind of just got there and you were just kind of maybe looking for a reason or whatever, you know, you know, when you were at school and different things that occurred that yeah. built up to that stealing that pack of cigarettes. Yep. I grew up on the east side of Allentown, came from a very low household income. It was my mom and my two sisters and dad left when I was probably like five. My mom did what she had to do to, you know, to keep a roof over our heads. Uh, she was married two, three times and there was just no male role model. And I'm a firm believer, like you got to have, especially young men and not not to take anything away from the, the single moms out there, but it is such an important part of a young man's growth to have that male support, to have that strong male role model that's doing the right things, that's creating discipline, that's creating boundaries. And I didn't have any of that. So you're saying you need a, a male role model to kick your ass, man. You so need, I need it. That's what I needed. I, I needed my ass kicked and, and I didn't. I had no one to do it. And that started to calcify this thought process that I had that I could do anything I want. Yeah. I'll share a story with you. There was a, a commercial when it was the whole Say No to Drugs campaign. Mm-hmm. And there was this young kid running. He had a leather jacket on. He was running. And the camera panned out, and he was running along this chain link fence. And then it showed a cop going to catch him. The cop caught him. And then it stopped, and it said, no one ever said I wanted to be a drug dealer when I got older. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. And when I used to watch that, I used to sit there, and the first thing that came to my mind was, first off, that guy would have never caught me. He would have never caught me. I was a gingerbread man. There's no way that dude would have caught me. And then second, I thought, I do want to be, like, I do. Because I watched the gangster movies. I watched Scarface. I watched Goodfellas. And I just thought that was, like, I looked at those males and I thought, okay, well, they can do it. I somebody. Right? That would make you somebody. Right. make you something. And that's what started the persona of just wanting to take what I want and do what I want and didn't care what, what I had to do to get there. Yeah. 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 And then one, one thing uh, led to another and eventually you did your prison time. And then what happened in prison that turned your life around? So my first year I get incarcerated and because it was a federal charge, I had the ability to move. I can move out of state. So my charge happened in Florida, put in a request to move to Pennsylvania. Obviously this is where I'm from. You know, I got put on the compound and the first day I got released on the compound, I heard inmate Modric report to the lieutenant's office. 
I was like, okay. I go in. They put me in cuffs again, and they threw me in the hole. <laughs> and I remember uh, wondering, like, what the heck happened? Like, how? why am I in the hole? Why am I in solitude confinement? And the hole, just for people who don't know, the hole is an eight-by-four room with one bed, with one urinal, one sink, no sunlight. Like, you're wow. locked up. And month one went by, didn't know. Guards wouldn't tell me anything. Make a long story short, the warden came by for her quarterly walkthrough, and I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, seriously, am I getting indicted? What, what What's up? And she mentioned this name, and I still don't even know the name. I was like, no, who is it? She was like, well, she knows your sister Jenny. She knows your sister Monica. She knows, you know, your mom Judy. And she goes, you can't be on the compound with one of the corrections officers knowing somebody. It's against policy. She was like, so you're going to be sitting down here until we put you in for a transfer. That ended up turning into almost a year mm. sitting in solitary confinement. Wow. Where does your mind go in solitary confinement? I mean, I, I look, I, I find that, and you, you mentioned you went to the Marines. Yep. So this, this wasn't ready to happen until you made the decision that it was ready to happen. Correct. It, nothing's going to fix it for you unless you're going to fix it yourself. Yeah. But I, where, number where one, you, where does your mind go? Where does your mind go in that room? You have your good days and you have your bad days. And the bad days, it's like you try to figure out ways to make a noose. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and yep. you try to figure out ways on how you could just cut it short. There's so many thoughts that go through your head and there's no stimulation. So I remember like after the third month, the book guy went by and this is what got me into reading. And I started reading and then thank God for books. And I'm so grateful for books because they were able to stimulate my mind and take my mind somewhere else. So I wasn't yeah. thinking about like the, the reality of where I was. And then it became a game. And then I was like, started speed reading. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try to finish a book today. And, um, I, I got out of it. You know, a lot of thoughts go through your head. Um, but more importantly, I was on a teeter totter of, Am I going to do this? This is part of the game plan. I'm going to be a career criminal. Mm. And you start thinking about ways that you could become a better criminal. Yeah. So I got transferred to Loretto, Pennsylvania. It's right outside of Pittsburgh. And the first day I got put on the compound, got my uniform on. I went out. First thing I had to do was get a cigarette, right? Don't even know why. I haven't smoked in a year. But the first thing that I had to do was because that was the persona. I got, went and got a cigarette. I'm smoking a cigarette. And there was a guy who was about 80 years old, sitting out on the smoking deck, all jailhouse tatted up, teeth all busted up. And uh, I went out, I looked at him, and I looked to the left, and he looked at me. He was like, so is this what you're going to do for the rest of your life, kid? And I'll never forget it. I get goosebumps from it still to this day because that was the moment. I was like, there's no freaking way. And I flicked my cigarette. I went upstairs. I enrolled and got my GED got my personal training certification, enrolled in every possible class because there was no way in hell I looked at that guy and I was like, there's no way. That's I wasn't meant to end up looking like him. Yeah. Yeah. That was the pivotal moment for me. See, you know, and it's so funny that you say and you have these stories because Steve and I have been sitting in these podcasts talking about these things that happen. And then we always, at the end of the podcast, we always say, we got to come up with examples of solutions. You know, how do you do it? We're not just here to to bark at each other and talk about things. We want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. So a couple of weeks ago, we had a guy come on, a friend of mine come on who lost his son, got shot. Mm -hmm. He was a 15-year-old boy, got shot by a 13-year-old kid over a, a football game argument. And he talked about what got him through it was focus. 
Mm. He focused. He had a focus on what he needed to do, and he still does. Mm. Now you come on the show, and you talk about that moment, that 80-year-old. By the way, did you ever go back to that 80-year-old guy and grab him and squeeze him and say, thank you very much, my friend? No. Nah. He was your guy. That was, was the guy. That was, was the guy that gave you that uh, butt whooping that you needed. It was a guardian. It angel. wasn't the butt whooping you expected, but that was it. Yeah, that was the moment. Wonder if he's still alive. Yeah, I. I <laughs> it's I funny. Think about it often. You don't even know his name, do you? No, no, no clue. See, that's all right. Well, maybe he's an angel. <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> maybe he just came. You know, you don't realize, but you don't know that. No. And people appear in a flash that make up a difference and that's guide you out of there. Again yeah, yeah, of that. that's, yeah, that's right. One of the reasons why I love speaking to people to try to inspire them is because I'm a big believer that words are like so powerful. They, they, can, are. they can start a war. They can tell somebody you love them. So just imagine what you know. a few words did for Brad. So when you know the power of them, that's why we, me and Brad are so adamant and passionate about going out there and expressing the words that we feel can at least change one life. Yeah. Okay, you know what you just said about words? We did an episode on our podcast a few months back about hands. Same thing, words and hands. You can destroy things with your hands or you can make things and very create true. things with your hands. Yeah, very true. Yeah. And your words. I find it so interesting now, now it's come full circle, that what helped you get out of that pit were books. And now look at that. Full circle. You guys got your own book. And that's what we're trying to do with this podcast, hoping to inspire others. You guys are doing your thing. We're doing our thing. Steve, let me help you real quick. You got to remove that three-letter word. What's that? Try. Yeah. You're doing it. Yeah. You're doing it. You have to. try and you're doing it. The only thing is sometimes I think I think I got it, man. You know, like, for instance, for me, it's I'm skating on a a beautiful pond of uh, frozen ice and it's perfect. But at any given second, I can slip. Blink of an eye. Yeah, at a blink of an eye. And I think about how you get to a point where you think you got it and you don't because the next moment comes in. Life, if it's lived properly, is a long road. It's a long road. And I have rituals to remind me. Mental, spiritual rituals, physical rituals, diet, everything that I have to do. And I try to say this to people all the time, especially in the dojo. You have to have a maintenance program. Some people take a car and they'll follow the two or five or 10,000 mile oil change. They'll wash it, they'll wax it, but they don't take care of themselves like a car. And I feel that we have to look at ourselves like a vehicle. You know, we're moving and you got to have a maintenance program. You got to think right. You got to eat right every day. If you get off track of that ritual, then the little sneaky things come in and start pulling you on the couch. Yeah, I like to call that the compound effect. Yeah. It's so like, is, it, is that in the book too? And rituals are too. It should be. Yeah, it should be in there. Um, it's like if you eat a, if I ate a donut today, I wouldn't be able to tell. Or if I smoked a cigarette today, I wouldn't be able to tell. But six months from now, eating donuts every day or smoking every day, or let's just even say simply, I, I don't tell my girlfriend she's pretty today. It's not a big deal. But if I don't tell her for a year, she's not pretty. Next thing you know, she's looking at that guy at the gym, right? Yeah. Like, well, how did that happen? Yeah, exactly. That's the reality. It's called the compound effect. It's, it's, I always say it's not the big things in life that get you. It's the little things. Um, I, in the book, I actually talk about if you have, let's say, a uh, cavity and you don't get it fixed, uh, it might cost you, I don't know, let's say, I don't know what a cavity costs. It's been a while since I have one. But next thing you know, a year later, you need a root canal, right? Let's say you don't get the alignment on your car for 80 bucks or whatever, $100 that goes for. Well, next thing you know, you're going to need four new tires. And that's the way it works in but life. what gets yeah. in the way? I mean, we're not any better life. than we're not any better than anybody else. We are not any better. I think it's we are. not having a system of, like you said, a maintenance program. It's not. I'm very like I have a self awareness, and um, I know that. For example, I remember in 2011, 12, and 13, I was just crushing it. It was the first time I'd ever made six figures. I was on top of the world, brand new car, brand new condo, and I'm like, 
I know God's going to, he's, this is, this is too good to be true. He's going to hit me with something. It has to be, I was ready for it. Um, and what happened was I started the year out. I got a, a, a hernia. Um, my cat died. My, my beloved grandmother passed away all in one year. I was just like hit so hard, but I was ready for it. Um, as ready as I could be. I mean, to this day, I still, you know, miss my grandmother, obviously, but I was ready for it. And now I'm on an upswing again. It's been like a good 2017, 18, 19, just like crazy. And I'm like, okay, What's he going to give me? Am I going to get sick? Am I going to break something? Is somebody going to pass away? Is you know one of my businesses maybe going to fail out of nowhere? Something happens, the economy changes. So I'm ready for it, but I'm self-aware. I'm, I'm ready for it. I've, I always say you got to mentally rehearse these things. And a lot of times why I have success with people that I coach is because I tell them all the bad stuff that's going to happen to them before it happens to them. <laughs> yeah. So when it happens, like, wow, he already told me. So the, it's still a hit, but the hit's not as bad. It's kind of like I'm sure in, in martial arts, if you let me know how you're going to hit me, and I'm prepared. It may still sting, but at least I'll, I'll know how to maybe. That's what we do. It's inoculation under fire, Correct. under stress. Correct. So, yep. but it's, I think it's just, it's really programming your mind on a regimented, like you said, maintenance program. And I think it's just being self-aware. Most people don't have self-awareness. Yeah, I know. Um, they're not True. self-aware. The hardest challenge in a human being's life is the conquering of one's own self. We've done a few episodes called CEE, Commit, Execute and then evaluate. If you're missing any one of those parts, you're not going to have what you want. You guys are doing something very comparable. I like what you talk about deciding. I don't know which one of you came up with the story, but tell me about the five grasshoppers. If you have five grasshoppers- <laughs> That was that me UGK? because Brad was like, what the hell are you talking about? What do you mean? <laughs> what Listen to this. Grasshoppers. Um, so- If you have five grasshoppers and one decided to jump, how, how many, many do you have? How many grasshoppers do you have left? Most people will say uh, you have four. Uh, but the actual answer is five because deciding is not really doing it. I decided today to, I want to go to the gym, but did I actually go to the gym, right? There's a decision and then there's the actual action. So, so the decision in, in our terms is committing to something. You have to commit, decide what yeah. you want, and then jump to step number yeah. two. We execute. Yeah. And that's I decided where you're to start my own about. business. Well, okay. And then a year later, well, how's that? Oh, I didn't do it yet. You yeah. know? And that's, that's the big problem. It's, get, it's closing that gap between the decision and the action part. Right. And right. then to answer your what you said, why do people not do it with the alignment or why don't yep, they yep, take yep. action? And we talk about it in the book. It's the standard. You know, we're not special, but we have high standards, right? Yeah. And we have rituals. And right. those standards are part of our rituals. Like my ritual in the morning is I have a very strategic ritual that I do every single morning. Yeah. I don't care if I'm traveling. I don't care where I'm at. It doesn't matter. It goes down. The first hour of my day is spent the same every day, regardless of what the situation is. But that's our standard. Yeah. So you care to share some of that with us for listeners? Yeah. I, I wake up every every morning. It's the same time. I wake up at five forty every day. I go downstairs. I take my prescription. I'm a first form uh, legionnaire. It's a supplement company. So I take my OptiGreens fifty on an empty stomach, shake that up, bang it out. Then I start my breakfast. It's the same breakfast every single morning. I do six eggs. I do a high fiber protein cereal, scoop of peanut butter. <laughs> and then I get back into my journal and my journal is my critical tasks. And this is how I, I win every day. And my ritual at night is to have five things that I got to get accomplished today that no matter what's happening, I'm going to get them done. So I'll, I'll open up my journal. I'm looking at my day. I'm looking at my appointment books. I look at my bank accounts. I look at my funds. I look at my network marketing business. And I do that every morning just so I'm mentally prepared on what I got to execute. So, yeah. And you know what that is as well? That's our third step, the evaluation. You're evaluating and you're adapting and doing what is necessary for that day to continue executing. Yep. So the execution, like for instance, your breakfast is solid. That's not going anywhere. It's the exact same breakfast. Same breakfast. 
that's not a variable, but there are other variables, like you said, like funds coming in, things going out, they change mm-hmm. and they flow. So yeah. you adapt and you evaluate and adapt accordingly. Yep. Yeah. Then you enter the world and then you clash. You clash into other people, other relationships and other experiences. And I find that one of the biggest things for me is fellowship, hanging out with positive people, people that are going to pick me up when I'm down. You know, sometimes you drop down to the minor leagues and you need a major leaguer to pull you back up. You know, we're all inspired by what we see in sports. You know, we all like to watch the major leagues because they can just do it better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what inspires kids to try to be great baseball players, great soccer players. But the best thing you can do besides baseball is just be a great person. Just be a huge, major league, great person. To put it out there every day, and then maybe you'll grab a four-year-old or eight-year-old or 11-year-old that will just want to be exactly like that. And it's the way you deal with life. And, and you know, it's funny. I can tell you're the word guy, right? You put things together. You're the yes. word guy. You're the experience guy in a way. Both of you have your experiences, but mm-hmm. you present your experiences and he puts it in words. Is that it? He's got a great vocabulary. We have a good combination. <laughs> I was telling you yesterday, I like how we work because I come out and like we both inspire people and motivate people. But I come out and there's certain things that I say and then he puts it like in a in a different perspective or almost like a systematic perspective. And uh, well, you, you have poetry in motion with your words. Appreciate that. But then again, that's fellowship, man. Mm-hmm. That you, so what you're doing is you're driving each other to yep. become better and, yep. and you're producing an unbelievable energy and a good thing. You know, so we're going to wrap this up. But before we do, we have to address this again, because this is audio. It's an audio podcast. We're going to take a photo and that'll be posted on the show notes. But listen, we've addressed the physicality of things, how it's necessary to maintain the temple, the body. You need to see these guys, their posture, their presence, and they're big dudes. They're, you know, they work out. That is crucial. I'm not saying you need to be a bodybuilder or a power lifter, but at the same time, what do you have to say? Just stress the importance of still maintaining your temple, whatever that body looks like for you. We are so passionate. George and I are both extremely passionate about exercise and it doesn't matter what you do. You know, our forte, we love picking heavy things up and putting stuff down Well, that's we love being in the weights. We love that. You know, he was a top elite bodybuilder. Obviously, my 25 years in the health club industry. Exercise is the foundation that I believe everyone needs in their life because once your body is right, the mind will follow. Because when you feel good, you do everything better. You know, that endorphin rush that you get. And it doesn't always have to come from the gym and being big. It could be, I met a yoga instructor the other day and she just had this glow to her. Mm-hmm. Like you could tell her confidence was there. Her presence was there because she was healthy and her body was sound. So again, it doesn't matter if you're 80 years old. It doesn't matter if you're a high school student. Right. Fitness and exercise is the foundation. The second bullet point that both of us are extremely passionate about is self-development and reading and feeding your brain you know, the nutrients it needs for growth. Because without those two things, everything really falls apart. Yeah, but then a lot of times the mind dictates, right? All of a sudden, the body gets in the way. Something hurts. And it's really not that big of a deal. But that body then will then dictate the mind. And it starts to reverse in action. So they become more sedentary. They move less because they can't deal with a little bit of pain. Next thing you know, you pop an Advil and it's okay, but it's not. Because pain is a part of life, whether it's emotional pain or physical pain. The more we get used to it, and I'm not saying not go to the doctor, but I'm saying a little bit of pain here and there, that body cannot dictate to the mind what this whole thing needs to do. The mind has to be in charge and has to move the leg and move the arm 
I just turned 44. Um, I started. You're my, an old man. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, but I remember being in my 20s and 30s, and it just feels really different going to the gym now. Um, my mind has to overpower my body. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't yeah. have to. Back in the uh, days when I first started, I didn't have to even think about it. I just like want to go to the mirror and want to flex and do weights. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to. Somehow bench press is going to hurt my shoulder, but um, <laughs> but the reality of the gym for me is it's the only place where I can go to and I can have small wins on a daily basis. I can go there and say, okay, today I'm going to bench uh, this weight for 10 reps, but you know what? I'm going to shoot for 12 and I can actually go, wow, I got 12 and there's nowhere else where I feel like I can instantly get an instant win in the yeah. day, but I can do it at the gym. I can always do an extra set, an extra rep. So I'm in control of uh, my confidence in the gym and that that extra rep or that extra cycle is wow I just I just did something more and I feel confident and then I'm leaving the gym it carries it, over carries over the rest of my day yeah. but not only that yeah. but I'm leaving the gym I go in there strong and I come out so weak that I couldn't even do the workout a second time if you ask me and that reminds me of life you wake up strong and then you get punched in the face by the daily problems Stop. and negativity yeah. and everything that happens but what happens when you tear the muscle you tear it down you beat it up you rip it, and then all of a sudden, it looks nicer. It gets better shape, and you become stronger. But that's that's the same thing with the mind, with testing and, yep, and, yep. and education. It's also the same with the spirit. It's going to go against the storm. It's going to go against the wind. Absolutely. And when it does, it will get stronger. And the amazing part is I actually wrote my portion of the book on the um, stationary bike. And even now, people will come in. My electrician came in the other day and goes, you might want to pedal a little faster. I said, look, when I'm pedaling slow, that means I'm writing a book. See? And when I'm pedaling fast, that means I'm probably on Facebook. Um, but I can't pedal as fast when I'm writing the book, but I'm still doing cardio. I'm getting my 20 minutes in while I'm writing that book. So it's a way to you know, figure out in your life how we – listen, the beggar and the billionaire both have 24 hours in a day. Yeah. And it's yeah. a matter of how do you utilize that 24 hours to yeah. create the life that you want. Good That's stuff, just, gentlemen. Yeah. Well, you know, before we end the show, last minute, Steve, I'm, are you always just pushing to do like a shorter episode and then we get guys like <laughs> you and it's like, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you for one thing, one last thing to do and make it short because he'll get crazy. You know, the reason I keep it short is because you know, as well as we do, everybody's being pulled in a million directions. Oh, yeah, but if You guys write... got such good substance. Oh. I want people to hear this. Yes. If yeah. it's an hour long, sure. they're not even going to take a chance at listening sure, to it. I if agree. they see it shorter, they'll yep. take a chance, yep. they'll enjoy it, and then we'll they'll come, come back. back for more. Yep. Yeah, yeah, but it's good. Trust me, they're going to listen. So here's the deal. I want you to say, each of you, just real quick, give everybody a wake-up call, you know? Everybody walks into the dojo every time, 6.30 at night, 7 o'clock. They're tired. Their bodies are tired. Their minds are stressed. Their minds are racing. I got to give them a wake-up call. Sometimes I'll stand on my head. I'll do whatever I got to do. But it comes out of my mouth, and then the energy starts going around. And then for two hours, we're playing in my sandbox, and we're having a great time. Give them a wake-up call. The wake-up call is you only got one shot at life. A lot of time people are going through and they're basing their decisions on what is happening in their life at that current moment, whether it's good or bad. They have to understand that the decisions that you make today, every single little decision you make from what you're putting into your body to what you're feeding to the conversations and the energy that you're giving to other people, the energy that you're giving to your family, every single action that you take, whether it's good or bad, will be the end result on what your life's going to look like at the end. And I know, and we talked about this yesterday when we were talking to the kids at William Allen, we got a chance to talk to the 11th graders and it hit me because George said this on your tombstone, you got your name, your date of birth, and you got your date of death. And then you got that dash. 
that dash most people don't think about, Ooh. and I thought about this a lot last night after we talked about it at the school, that dash is such an important part that you may be looking at your current position right now, but we have one shot to create a positive impact. Wow. Yeah. And it's not about your socioeconomic standards. It's not about how much money you make. It's how can you create a positive impact to one other human being? You know, that's probably one of the coolest things that I've heard. That dash, and that's kind of the way life is. It's just a dash. Just a dash? It's a dash. That's how excellent. impactful can I make that dash? Yeah. Yep. Wow. GK, you got something? Yeah. So I just, I always uh, try to remind people this is not a dress rehearsal. We don't have a second chance at yeah. this thing called life. And uh, I think that life is going to make you pay. Uh, and you have two choices. You can either skip the parties now, skip a lot of the instant gratification that a lot of us are accustomed to wanting. And that could mean focusing more on your career and your financials and focusing on your body and being athletic and, and mentally and spiritually happy. And I feel like if you focus on the hard stuff now, see, if you focus on the easy stuff, your life will be hard. If you focus on what's hard, your life will be easy. So I look at it as some people are making a lot of money now and enjoying life, but when they're 60, 70, 80, they're going to pay a huge tax. They're either going to be out of shape, unhealthy, uh, or didn't save money because they partied so much. Or you can be like me and Brad, who are paying the tax now. We would love to go to a bar tonight and party, but we're not. We have events to do to help people, and we're giving up instant gratification for long-term success. But we're going to be on that yacht when we're 60 and 70 <laughs> in Italy. No, you won't. Uh, no, but, you won't. You're uh, going to still be helping people, Probably. Trust me. But maybe yeah. you'll have that yacht. Maybe I'll be doing a webinar on the yacht. We'll yeah. have the but, ability to go on all the yachts. Yeah, yeah, but the point is, uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, here's the thing, guys. If you're listening to this, you're like, man, I'm in a bad position. You can't go back and start a new beginning, but you can always change the ending. And mm. as long as you woke up today and you're listening to this, you can definitely uh, make a different thought process starting today. Tomorrow, you can go to the gym. Tomorrow, you can go You can go to the grocery store right now and get all new food and start your diet right now. You can go to the Walmart and get all new workout clothes. You can make a decision right now instantly. Anytime in life, you can always create a new thinking process and a new action. And that's how easy your life can change. You can change your life right now. Go to the grocery store and get healthy food. Go to the, the gym. Sign up right now. Go online and sign up for something that you love that can help you learn something new. Instantly, you just change your life. It's that easy, but you just got to do it. Yeah, very good, good. stuff. My, my wake-up call is read their book. What's the name of the yeah, book It's again? called The Takeover. Where's the number one place where you can purchase Amazon. this right now? Amazon. Amazon yep. Kindle, Amazon. Amazon. And right now we're about, uh, we're just waiting for the process, but it'll be on Audible. We'll be on iTunes and on Amazon for the Audible. And we're currently working on the Takeover 2, which will be in addition to this, which I'm really excited about. And that will be launching in January of 2020. So oh, man, you guys excited. keep on doing what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Thanks Very again good. for being on the show. Appreciate guys. your time. Thanks Thanks thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah thank, absolutely. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you for listening to Attack Life, Not Others. Subscribe to our podcast. And for more on our way of life through the martial arts, go to hoovercarate.com. This has been a Steve Mittman social media creation. creation. Steve Mittman social media.com. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com.